Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. <sighs> Jesus fucks. Get ready for the miracle of Mega a comedy podcast from the staff of a fictional mega church. And, and not only does he f***, but he's the best at it. I'm Holly Loren. And I'm Greg Hess. Our characters, Hallie and Gray, welcome a new guest each week, played by some of the biggest names in comedy and podcasting. Like Scott Aukerman, Lauren Lapkus, Paul Shear, Jason Manzukis, Cecily Strong, and Duncan Trussell. I just love to think about that, the light shining down on all those corpses in the water and Noah just going by and maybe maybe a mom being like, please, we're running out of energy. Can you please let us on the boat? It's completely improvised and it's devilishly funny. Is there any question you have for us about, you know, what it means to live a life in Christ? I guess, how much do you think is bullshit? There's a new episode every Sunday. Listen and subscribe to Mega, wherever you get your podcasts. Best I ever had. Best I Y'all can do it. Y'all can do it. Y'all sing along. We you know what I'm saying? Here go. Jesus, you the best. Jesus, you're the best. You're the best. Jesus, you're, Jesus, you're the best. You're the be- okay, best never mind. Best I ever had. Best wow. I ever had. Stop Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, feng shui. It's the traditional Chinese art of placement, a practice which uses energy forces to harmonize people with their environment. Now, how does that really work? Architect and feng shui educator Angie Cho is here to help us construct a more auspicious physical living space. Can Feng Shui convince Captain Crinkle that potato chip bags are more auspiciously aligned with the kitchen rather than next to an open microphone? We'll find out. Plus, Shannon Polly won a charity buzz auction to support the ACLU of Southern California, and her prize is to be on tonight's show. We'll see if she still thinks it's a prize after she interviews to replace our late departed intern, Doug. I'm Adam Felber, the man who tries to orient this show's conversation in a harmonious and auspicious manner, like staying on topic. And now, please welcome the woman whose conversational feng shui compass spins in all eight directions at the same time. It's Paula Poundstone. Hey, Hey, you guys. Thank you very much. Welcome, Paula. Uh, thank you so much, and thanks to tonight's house band, Aiden McDonald on the harp. Aiden is part of Celtic Halloween, and this year they are taking their 10th anniversary show online at CelticRhythms.com. It's actually Celtic-Rhythms.com, if you want to look it up. Celtic-Rhythms.com. A hyphen, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. They're, All right. Um, they're actually doing their... They're doing their Celtic Halloween with the Celtics. Um, so the Boston be harp, Celtics, yeah. Harp and basketball. Um, you know, Adam, I've been watching um, 
a lot of MSNBC, but uh, I don't get cable at home. And so I'm okay. forced to, like, and when I was in the hotel room, I would put on MSNBC the second I got into the hotel rooms. But because I'm right. not in hotel rooms anymore, instead, I'm forced to watch online. And the way they post the show online, you don't see the whole show. You see segments. And before right. every segment, there's a commercial. And usually the segments won't load. And so... Unfortunately, the commercial loads, but the segment doesn't. And so I'm forced to watch the same commercial over and over again, just trying to watch a few minutes of Rachel, for heaven's sakes. And the Bowl oh, and man. Branch commercials. Oy, 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 with the Bowl and Branch commercials. It's a sheet company. They make sheets. And they like opine. Bed yeah, bed sheets, exactly. They opine about what the sheets mean and how they say stuff like, uh, you know, home is where the magic happens. Really? Not in my house. Uh, and then they say, they, in order to validate their sheets, in order to really pique your interest in their, they say that they've been, um, what is it? They, their sheets have been used by three different presidents. It would, it would be just my luck that the sheets I got had been slept on by Nixon, Harding, and Hoover. Uh, wow, you... that, would, that would be a weird sheet. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if you get to choose which president slept on your sheets. Who would you choose, Adam? Which three presidents? Three, three? yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I guess I would love, uh, let's see, uh, I, th I always think of... Uh, FDR is a little bit sloppy in his personal habits, so probably not him. I would go with the presidents who come across to me as the neatest. So I would go with um, Eisenhower and uh, Obama and maybe, uh, I, I, I don't know, um, Fillmore, because he wasn't there for very long. Oh, I think, uh, so So you want to snuggle into a sheet that smells a little bit like Millard Fillmore? Well, it, I would say if, if Fillmore slept on the sheet, then next would be Eisenhower, then would be Obama. So I'd imagine yeah. the Obama scent would be the freshest. What would so your three would be who? I'll tell you who I don't want. I'll tell you who I don't want. If you're I'm about, pretty sure if your if your bowl and brand sheets were slept on by Trump, burn them. <laughs> <laughs> now, should we go around the horn, Paula? We should. You know, every time you say around the horn, I think of. Anthony Hopkins in The Bounty, which... Oh, was, because they go what, around the Cape Horn? Yes, he and they want... The crew wants to go a different way, and he insists uh -huh. on going around the horn. Um, yeah, that was a great movie. Uh, that was Mel Gibson I, at, his, at his best, at his... Uh, all right, anyway, so let's go around the horn. Uh, so, so, Tony Anita Hall, tell us what's new in Studio City. Me... Um, yeah, I went to a, a Zoom baby shower this weekend. That was fun. Um, oh, what, you had a Zoom what, baby? What kind of, a, <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's going to be so much, so much easier to care for, I think. They smell, they smell great. <laughs> yeah. When you have a Zoom baby, what happens is in the middle of the night, your phone rings. And you just... <laughs> You just zoom with a baby for a few minutes and then go back to sleep. <laughs> that so sounds much amazing. Easier. Yeah, oh, that would be. I would, that would I would be great. love that. Yeah. I don't even know if I'm ready for that level of responsibility. So tell us, tell us about your Zoom baby shower. What kind of things um, did they get? 
So uh, I got them a pack and play. Um, what, the, what the hell's a pack and play? Um, it's a. Uh, we used to call it something else when I was a kid. Um, it's like a a playpen. Is what oh, a pack and okay. play is. A pack and play. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. It's a portable playpen that can that can also function as a as a crib on the road. Oh, yes. I see. Great. I, yeah. So it's for it's for evacuations. I thought maybe a pack and play. That <laughs> for when for when the Republicans come after us and we have to go up the hill like goddamn Sound of Music. Uh, okay, you know, yeah, a pack and play. They, you know, they do live in Louisville, Kentucky, so it is possible oh, that with Mitch oh, they'll have to Mitch flee. McConnell territory. Mitch. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I wish you could have gotten the Mamie McGrath. Um, I, I tried. So. Uh, so I've been trying. What else did they get at the at the Zoom baby shower? I'm trying to think. I just kind of took note of what I... I mean, oh, they got a nose Frida, which I love. A um, nose Frida? Frida? Is, oh, do you guys what? know what a nose Frida is? So you put it it's you put it up your baby's nose. Do you remember the old booger suckers that have, like, the squishy yeah. thing at the end? Yeah. So this is a so nose Frida is you put it in their nose and you suck the snot out. But there's a filter so you don't actually suck the snot into your mouth because that way it's just easier to get those little snotties out. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Why would you be I'm, sucking snot into your mouth? I don't even understand. No, <laughs> yeah, okay, I think, no, stop. I think you stop. you were you, you were using that device incorrectly. I have to say. Yeah, that, no. that, that was. That's it's, called a straw, at, and you should never no, put that in a baby's nose. It's a, the, everyone I know who has a baby uses them. They're called nose Fritas, and they have a filter. You don't get the boogers in your mouth, but it's just like oh, easy but yeah, to but you out. never did with the other device. <laughs> it, was like a, it was a little squeeze ball. You never got in your mouth, Tony. What you're you were using it incorrectly. <laughs> It's not the nose Fritas that Paul and I are interested in, Tony. The interesting thing is that you seem to believe that, that the previous method involves sucking boogers into your mouth. I know it I, didn't. I know, I know. No, I know the previous method didn't involve, but this is this works, I believe, better and seems more efficient to me. Oh, are yeah, you saying you know, that this one is mouth-powered? <laughs> this one is, is mouth-powered. <laughs> the nose Frida is oh. mouth-powered. Oh, <laughs> so it's you like know, a straw with a filter, so you can literally suck things out of your baby's nose. You, yeah, you suck the snot out, but you don't suck it into your mouth because there's a filter that catches the snot. I don't wow, know we, how else to explain it to you people. You know what? No, you really, you, I get it now. I get it. I I try to swing vegan, but recently I've really been craving a milkshake. Until now, um, <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> You guys are I, very popular. Well, that's just weird. All right, so I, I and what a bizarre gift. Um, so I I used to use for my kids, um, the kind that was the squeeze ball. And one time, um, on one of my babies, uh, I turned his nose inside out. It was very powerful. 
that's that's why you know that's why you need a nose Frida apparently because yeah. um you can control the pressure very easily with your mouth and, and you won't accidentally suck out the baby's yeah. brains and whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Turn his nose turned his nose totally inside out. I was like freaked out. I'm like oh my god, this seems like a mistake. And yeah, uh, yeah I hear that. Yeah. That's why you needed a nose Frida. You need a nose Frida. I've gotten many nose Fridas for friends. That's ridiculous. I didn't get this particular nose Frida. It's you don't a, have kids. It, <laughs> so what do you do? You just go up to other people's kids? That's weird. No, I just I definitely I never used one on a, on someone's baby, but like as a gift for the shower, I've given nose Fridas. Oh, I thought maybe you had like a booth on the street there and. <laughs> The valley, did you, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. 15, suck your... 15 bucks a booger. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm very un, un... passionate about the nose, Frida, for some reason. I don't know why. Clearly. Oh, my gosh. I don't know why they're not advertising on our podcast, because this really seems to be an area. I've never heard you this passionate about anything other than cruising, you know? Yeah. I got to say, those nose Fridas must be new because my youngest kid is only seven and I never heard of the things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how new they are, but my friend just started having babies in the last like two years. So. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. The nose Fridas. I never heard of the nose Frida ever. Uh, Google it. You can see the, the wonder no, that we're, is. We're, we're recording a show right now, Tony. <laughs> I don't think it's appropriate to Google nose Fridas right now. It's what Bonnie's yeah. doing. Speaking of, speaking of Googling during the I show, did. let's t- let's go to the see me. I knew it. Did. I knew it. I absolutely knew it. No, it's going to become a new sex toy. No, what? 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 It's so gross. I can't even believe it. I feel like throwing up. This is so disgusting. <laughs> you don't eat the bookers. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I have a headache. Paula, I, I never well, this even is a, This is a smooth segue. Um, we're going up to the Simi Valley to say hello to uh, producer Captain Crinkle, okay. Paula's manager, Bonnie Burns. Took, sh- I never took snot out of my daughter's nose <laughs> once. I think this is some weird way that, like, another generation came up with to get closer to their kids or something. If you saw this contraption, it's like they lean over and they suck the snot out of That's their kids. That's what I said it did. It's totally unnecessary device. It's uh, like those mini pot. Whatever those things were that you cleaned out I your nose Neddy with. Pots. I love neti pots. I don't even want to talk. Why does Tony know so much about this? You know, you can also <laughs> use know. it for, um, if you want to be bulimic with your child, you can also. <laughs> <laughs> it's over attentive. And that creates a bond. You can suck the food out of them. <laughs> That's something. <laughs> no, I never had to. Maybe because we were vegetarians. Paula, did your kids have like? <laughs> yeah, you take this. <laughs> yeah, what is happening? Out of their nose. <laughs> oh my god! I never had to suck the snot out of my kids' nose because we were vegetarians. <laughs> if that is not the oh, no, name of a popular book. Mucus. Oh my god! I, w- I want that embroidered on a pillow. Same. Oh. I was a pillow as well. Oh. 
Yeah, I never had to suck the snot out of my daughter's nose, maybe because we were vegetarians. You know... Oh, now, nobody's out there. Please get to embroidering now. <laughs> no, Paula, did you have to take snot out of your kid's nose? Um, no, but I blew my son's brains out. <laughs> um, what? Which I feel horrible about now, but I had this kind of straw device... And I put uh-huh. it in his ear and just, <laughs> and uh, brains, right? How was ear. I to know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he still functioned, don't get me wrong, but just right. not that bright. But that was, that was, that was the ill-fated um, uh, product known as the Ear Frida. Yeah, the Ear Frida. <laughs> I never should have used the Ear Frida. Okay, I've been involved in some bizarre conversations before. You know, I used to drink. <laughs> but this... Has to be. This is a cake weirdest, taker. This is yeah. the weirdest conversation I've yeah. ever had in my life. And well, we're about it, to I make it a little weirder. I don't think it can get weirder. Well, here, let's try this. Bonnie Burns, what's new? <laughs> no, I'm done. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I think. Okay, here's part of what's weird. Okay, for me. <laughs> Like, I, always, I I don't really refer to a lot of bodily fluids. And I don't okay. know why. Just just how I was raised, I guess. I just don't. But the freedom with which little uh, Tony Anita Hull it, it just speaks so freely about uh, bodily <laughs> fluids. I, I'm, I'm, I'm beside myself. I, I never heard such comfort with the word, like snot and putting things up sucking things and uh, uh, I don't know what to say oh, well. <laughs> well it is our it is our now scandalized uh, favorite hand puppet um, Mrs. Culpepper is here <laughs> Welcome, well, she Culpepper. always seemed like such a genteel girl before but now she's just uh, talking about snot and semen and uh, 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 bile and vomit and uh, uh, I, I don't. I don't. I didn't hear a single reference to semen, bile, or vomit. Um, no, it's by, about from Tony Anita just Hall. you wait. Just you wait. She's 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 just getting started. Oh my God! The the comfort with which there was not there was nothing remotely squeamish about. Not only that, but somebody received it at a party and they were like, "Oh, thank you." That's weird. <laughs> well. I don't think that's as weird. I don't think that's as weird Uh, as Bonnie Burns looking at a picture of that on the internet and thinking, like, wow, that could be a sex toy. Yeah, well, that was strange, too. No, you have to look at it. That was strange. Look at it. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's the new intimacy. Let me snuck, let me set the snot out of your nose. Come on, come on. If you I am, saw it, you guys. I can't unhear that. <laughs> can we it's pause this podcast you know so I can I go take a shower, please? Paula, do you have a vocabulary um, word this week? <laughs> yeah, it turns out It turns out that Anthony Weiner was texting pictures of himself using the nose Frida uh, to other women. <laughs> and, and then, of course... We all remember that classic movie about the that that vampire character that sucked um, snot out of people's noses. 
Nosferitu. <laughs> I thought you meant Snotula. Snotula and Nosferitu. Those are two of the best. Snotula. Uh, I don't know why Tony and Anita Hall would have taken us down such a path. It's a. <laughs> okay, I didn't. <laughs> Captain Crinkle brought up the sex toy thing. I didn't. When you see it, you'll see what I mean. I have seen them, and I've never thought sex toy. You're naive. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, you know, maybe this is something that Roger Federer could carry in his store. Um, they're very popular. Oh, you know, I oh do God. have a word, <laughs> Adam. Okay, well, as long as it doesn't, inv- as long as it doesn't involve bodily fluids, I can't wait to get to the word, Paula. What is it? Nose Frida. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's seminal. It's an adjective. What? It's seminal. It's an adjective. Are you kidding that, me? No, it's seminal. It, it's an adjective that means of a work or event or idea strongly influencing later developments. Okay, but Paula, isn't that word derived from the word semen? It is. Uh, I didn't use the. I, I didn't use the. This is this is the first meeting. The second and third meetings do involve uh, semen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so Tony and Neil Hall will probably bring it up any minute now. Um, but here I'll use it in a sentence. My cat Luigi's seminal work, peeing in the corner of the ballroom, has spawned any number of copycat crimes. Adam, oh, Adam, good. That's good. D- did you see on Twitter where someone wrote that she found, I think she said two of our vocabulary words that she had heard in the vocabulary song in, was it her master's application? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. Where was it she saw them, Adam? I can't remember where she saw them, but it had. It, I think it was in her reading for her master's degree. And she, yeah. um, she remarked that... Um, it's far from my my previous uh, you know statements that the vocabulary song wasn't useful. She knew those words because of your vocabulary song. I was wow. so proud, so proud when I saw that. Um, so this is this is the sort of thing that inspires me to continue my vocabulary song. Uh, here, let's see. Um, I can't remember it anymore. Uh, uh, here we go. Um, uh, um, I can't remember it. <laughs> you've, yeah, you've forgotten there. how to play the one song you know on the glockenspiel. I did. This All right, here we go. Word. This week's word is seminal. It's an adjective that means of a work or event or idea strongly influencing later developments. <laughs> I had ducks as comedy celebrants. Last week's word was insouciant. It's an adjective that means carefree, unconcerned, free from care or worry. I'll eat it even if it's furry. The week before that, we had hyperbolic. It's an adjective that means deliberately exaggerated. This podcast is richly financially compensated. Going back before that, we had lugubrious. It's an adjective that means dismal and sad, like when ducks poop on everything you had. 
And not long ago, we had pernicious. It's an adjective that means having a harmful effect, especially in a gradual or subtle way. I'm spending more time on the computer every day. Let's never forget Gallimaufry, which I pronounced wrong until nobody James Heider corrected me. It's a noun that means confused jumbler medley of things. Hodgepodge. Who's Podge? Hodgepodge. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable, <laughs> replicable, replicable, but I do, I do, I do. All right. <laughs> oh, boy. Whoa. Bravo. Seminal. Coming up, the writer Wendell Barry said, don't own so much clutter that you will be relieved to see your house catch fire. Architect and feng shui expert Angie Cho will tell us how to design our homes so that they harmonize with the world around us, much like a Chinese barbershop quartet. That's coming up when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress match in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress with my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. 
She did. Two. Yeah. You're not here. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. On this day in unremarkable history, Orville Wright said, You know what would be great is if we had like little snacks and drinks. Thank you, house band Aiden McDonald. Paula, as long as we're back, we're living in challenging times, wouldn't you say? Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> I am trying to take a proactive stance, and I was trying to figure out what I can do in my house to improve my odds. I heard about uh-huh. this feng shui thing, and I wanted to explore it. Well, Paula Poundstone, fortunately, we have the perfect feng shui guide with us here on the phones. Uh, Angie Cho is an architect, feng shui educator, and author of Holistic Spaces, 108 Ways to Create a Mindful and Peaceful Home. She's the owner of Angie Cho Architect, co-founder of Mindful Design Feng Shui School, and founder of Holistic Spaces, which hosts a blog, podcast, and an online store. Please welcome the aforementioned Angie Cho. Thanks so much for being here. You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Um, So you have an online store. So you, like me, um, uh, are looking for places to stack all your cash. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Angie, let's, let's just begin with a basic question, which is what is feng shui? That's a great question. So what is feng shui? Feng shui, okay, I'm going to give you two definitions. One is kind of like the more dictionary definition, and then I'll give you my definition, which is more modern. So the dictionary definition is feng shui is an ancient art of placement that comes from China and Asia. It's based on Taoism, and it It's about looking at your spaces and how you position your home or your environment, how you position yourself in relation to your environment to put yourself in the most advantageous position. Mm -hmm. Cool. Nice. And what's what's your definition? That's right. I forgot that part. Okay. So my my definition is it's mindfulness of spaces. It's about... Paying attention to all the details in your environment so that you start to see how you affect your environment, how your environment affects you, and then slowly you begin to really see that these things are not separate 
And then that also leads to um, compassion because then you could start to see that you are not separate from everything else in your life and how we're really interconnected and interdependent. Huh. That's a nice definition, and it's making me look around and realize that I have to put my socks away. Yes, you're connected to your socks. <laughs> Do you think, Angie, that I can achieve feng shui? Is that how you would say it? Achieve feng shui? How would you? What's the right verb there? Um, maybe you could say, can I enhance my feng shui? Or how can I work with my feng shui? All right, can I work with my feng shui in a house with nine cats, two big dogs, and very little furniture? Uh, mostly just, I have uh, three Adirondack chairs and a foosball table. Do you, do you have a bed? No. No bed? Okay, where do you sleep? I sleep on the floor. I have blankets that I put down on the floor when I go to, go to bed. I have a box that I put the blankets in during the day. Oh, um, so, all right. So is it possible? I mean, can you um, improve your feng shui in any home? Yes, there's always a way to improve what whatever you're doing. So, of course, you can definitely um, improve and use feng shui techniques on on any homes, even with even with no furniture. <laughs> Um, Interesting. All right. so, I love it that you wrote a book called 108 Ways to Create a Mindful and Peaceful Home. Could you give us uh, could, could you give us some of those 108 ways? Sure. Let me think. Which one would be good for you? Um, well, I would say the first. Well, do you really not have a bed? Yeah, I really don't. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I would. Well, it's interesting, but you have, is it like very Japanese where you put away your bed every night? Um, no, oh. I don't think it's Japanese-y. <laughs> okay. um, I wouldn't mind it being japanese but I do put, a, I do put away my bed every morning because my, because my bedroom is also my office. Ah. And, but I've always done that anyways. I, I just fold up my blankets <laughs> and I put them in a box and, and then, uh, you know, and then I, and okay. then I sally forth. Um, okay, but, so it's really good that you put away your bed when you're working because you're living and working in the same place. But it's hard to have that work-life balance, right, because it's the same room. But that's very helpful that you put away your bed. Yeah, but it is actually. But this, but your bed represents you. So it also it means that there's a part of um, you that you're not giving attention to. So, you know, you're not making a little space for yourself. But... I guess if maybe if you put away your bed in something nicer than a box, is it a nice, is it a cardboard box or is it like a nice box? Oh, it's a cardboard box. <laughs> oh, okay. So, <laughs> so if you could get like a nice box, like to put. What do you consider a nice box? So I'm actually thinking for myself, I have like with, I have in my living room, a nice like mid-century modern chest that I got. And that's where we put our, when a guest comes over and sleeps on our sofa, because I live in New York City where you don't have a separate room for a guest, right. but um, but I have like a, a duvet and pillows in there for guests in this chest. So something oh. like that, that can also be like um, serve as something else in your room. And then you could put it, put it in a place. So it's, so you're, it's, so you're giving some attention to your bed because your bed actually represents you. Think about how many hours you sleep on your bed. And if you're just throwing your bed in a cardboard box every night, that reflects on how you value yourself. Hmm. 
I wow. have a I have a mid-century uh, modern chest, um, which is why I don't wear a bra. <laughs> there we go. Because it's an antique. They're antiques. <laughs> I get it, Paula. <laughs> let me let me. How about if you give us um just some of the the basic principles of feng shui? Sure. Okay. There's there's one really important principle when it, uh, a feng shui that's really easy to explain. Well, it, easy to explain without visuals. It's called the commanding position. And this governs how you set up your bed, which represents you, your desk, which represents your career, and your stove, which represents your wealth and how you nourish yourself. And you want to basically be um, situated so when that you when you're laying in bed, when you're sitting at your desk or you're cooking at your stove, that you can see the doorway to that room without being directly in line with it. So I like to call it like where would the mafia boss sit in a restaurant? You know, like they would always sit in the very back, <laughs> diagonal right? from the door. Uh-huh. With their the back protected, they don't want anyone creeping up on them. They don't want anyone bringing a shooting in through the door and running off. Like they want to be protected and see everything that's happening. So wow. so wait, so you should be able to see from your bed your stove? <laughs> no, no, that's actually not good feng shui. <laughs> you want to see the door and <laughs> the door. You want to you- see. Well, what it represents is you want to be able to see opportunities coming to you. You don't want to be surprised. You also want to um, be able to see um, the whole expanse of the room and have control of your space, which decreases your stress. But also um, on a physiological level, it reduces your stress because you're not, your mind knows that it can see the door and you're protected. So how, I mean, who, who has a bedroom so large that you can't see the door? Um, no, sometimes people set up their beds. So like, for instance, a headboard, so the door is behind you. So like, maybe the headboard is on the same wall as the door. Oh, I see. Okay. Got you. Cause mm-hmm. if it's blocking the door, that's a fire hazard. Now I sleep on the floor right beside my treadmill that I never turn on. Oh, is that, can the energy <laughs> go sideways? <laughs> Well, well, actually, Paula, you another... you are just shocking her. <laughs> well, well, no, I have a question. With your how horrible does, feng shui. How does that feel to see the treadmill that you never use every day? All um, the time. Well, I use it. I just oh, never it. turn it on. Um, it's uh, I have a treadmill desk, so um, oh, I stand on the treadmill uh-huh. and I work on the desk. That's oh. on the treadmill. But the thing about a treadmill desk, it's Andrew, not Andrew, are you well- crying? <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, my mouth is open. I'm like, oh. <laughs> no, but no, I get great energy from this. Um, no, I, I, the, the problem with using the treadmill desk is that it vibrates as you mm-hmm. walk and everything on the desk falls off. So that's why I never turn it on. Oh. Um, and, and, uh, but I do put stuff on the treadmill beside me when I'm sleeping. Like I watch Breaking Bad 
all night long, every night. It, it's also your side table. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, and I can feel the energy coming <laughs> off that. I have to have it arranged in a particular way or it bothers me a lot. Okay. How do you, well, when, you know, I've heard that actually, uh, I, I don't know, I guess like actors that they have like treadmills with like an image, like of a Oscar in front of them and they run towards the Oscar and that sort of thing. Oh um, my heavens. That never even occurred to me to yeah, do. But, um, but that's something that you could definitely do if you can arrange it. So you're, you're, everything isn't vibrating while you're, while you're on the treadmill, unless you have it on a low speed. But I think that's actually a really nice metaphor and a nice way to activate what you're working on. Cause if you're, if it's your desk, that means you want to keep your career or always in motion and that's okay. Oh, I like nice. that idea. I like that. Although yeah. it's a, it is a treadmill that never moves. Well, yeah. so, so that could it, mean that your career is a little stuck, but what, what will happen if you start it moving? It has the potential to move. I think I'm going to put like a cardboard cutout of Brian Cranston uh, in front of it. Um, because I really, I really want him to do our podcast. And so far, uh, you know, I've tried to, I've tried to engage him via Twitter uh, un- totally unsuccessfully so far, but maybe if I have him, you know, yeah, I do it in front of my treadmill. That's a good idea. Oh, oh, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, so the other thing is in my house, I can't keep up with all the dusting, Mm -hmm. Um, is it, is, does dust get in the way of feng shui? It can, if you never dust. So you are dusting though. I do dust, but I used to have, uh, you know, I used to have a housekeeper who came in three days a week, but I can't do that anymore. And I have nine cats and two big dogs. And I think my skin also, um, uh, flakes off from stress. And so the dust is, Mm. it's monumental and I, I don't have time to get to all of it. So I do like a little bit at a time. Um, so eventually everything gets dusted, but it's a little bit like painting the Golden Gate Bridge. It's a, it's <laughs> always, you know, it's always happening. Um, does that interrupt <laughs> some sort of energy? No, I think actually you're doing something wonderful because that's life, right? We're always, life is about dusting everything all the time. You, if, once you give up on the dust and you don't dust, that's when you're not living anymore. Wow. wow. I never realized how richly I was living <laughs> while I was had my feather duster out. Usually what I do is if I have to have a long phone conversation, I'm walk, walking around the house with a feather duster while I'm having the conversation. Oh. Um, and then, of course, you have to vacuum because you knock the dust off and then you have to vacuum. Oh. Um, and, well. and I do that while I'm talking to someone that I don't want to hear. <laughs> you could also um, notice where maybe there are areas that that get dusted more and areas that don't, that get more neglected and Mm -hmm. areas that get more neglected, you know, say like you've, you've noticed, um, part of your desk hasn't, isn't getting dusted. That can tell you like there's part of your career that needs more attention or, um, you know, like for instance, doors represent, Oh, you'll like this actually. The doors, Mm -hmm. doors represent the mouth of the inhabitants and the voice. It's your voice, it's your mouth, it's how you communicate with the world, especially your front door. So if you're front door, there's lots of areas of the front door that actually get neglected a lot, like the top of the frame, the inside of the door frame that 
you know, maybe the, even the face of the door on the inside of the outside, your front door. Mm -hmm. And that represents how you communicate with the world. And if it's neglected every now and then, if you dust or you clean something that is often ignored, you can open up new opportunities. You can open up a new way of looking at things. It's just like adding, giving attention and giving energy to something that is neglected. So dust can be a good sign to show you like, this is some area in life you should pay attention to. Oh, okay. Like a lot of people have um, like a garage door or a back door. They never use the front door. That means that they're not opening themselves to opportunities with the world. So they could start using the front door more to invite in more energy. Oh, I do usually. I, I, well, we use the back door a lot. Um, That's okay. But Just also use the front door too. My dogs um, put their snouts on the window of the back door. Does that interrupt the energy in any way? No, There's all I sorts think of dogs dog snout give, marks. <laughs> they always give good energy. Oh, oh, do they? I think so. Don't you think so? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, you haven't met her dogs. <laughs> I have two dogs as well. I, I love them. But right, mine but are I very a, small. I have, a, I have a golden retriever that's not very friendly, which oh. is very unusual. Uh, um, it might be because she goes in and out the back door. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start bringing her through the front door more. All right. You know, uh, Winston Churchill said, we shape our homes and then our homes shape us. Stay tuned to find out more about shaping our homes in ways that can make us better when we return. The Cat of the Week is Emmett from East Peoria, Illinois. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured, like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i I think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. 
You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kind of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Wynn sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. And we're back with architect and feng shui educator Angie Cho. This is really interesting, Angie. Uh, Paula, I'll let you ask a question about the placement of your cat's litter, because I know Bonnie Burns was uh, concerned about this. Angie, as you come through my front door, my mouth, mm -hmm. um, to, the, <laughs> to, the, to the left as you come in, are, uh, there's a bathroom that um that have six litter boxes in it and we call it the cat bathroom oh boy is, yes oh jeez. i keep getting that tone in your voice it's not so good feng shui um well okay is it sorry it's your you walk in the front door and it's the left yeah it's immediately to the left when you walk in the front door oh, yeah immediately okay. Okay. Boy, I didn't, um, I well, didn't realize that you guys had focused on this to no, such a degree. It's a beautiful door to walk through. It's a beautiful door to walk through. Well, if you walk through at the wrong moment, it can be a pungent door to walk through. Um, well, well, what I would say is it's a great position for a, for a cat litter bathroom if you are retired or you don't, you um, are very introverted and you don't want to meet new people in your life. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, alternatively, though, let me ask you this. It's great feng shui-wise for the cats, right? Because they're in that power position where they can see the front door at an angle. But, uh, you know, if anybody's trying to shoot them, they, they you know. <laughs> yeah, well, while they're pooping. actually, so... Actually, no, the power position of the house would be the rooms that are furthest away from the front door. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So well, you, cats are particularly vulnerable in those little yeah, boxes. Yeah, they're like, they're, they're kind of like living in a guest room. Because you know how guests, like if you don't want to have a guest stay very long, you should mm -hmm. definitely put them like near, closer to the front, as close to the front door as possible. Even like any rooms that occur, you know, before the front door. 
And that's why, like, you always have a powder room and things like that. The closer you are to the front door, the the closer you are on your way out. So, oh, so that, so your mouth could open in the middle of the night, and they'll just drool out. <laughs> they'll just dribble out. Um, yeah. So, so, do you feel then that by me having the cat litter box right there, and the only reason it's there is there's a bathroom there. Mm-hmm. There's no other room in the house where the cat litter boxes could have been. Uh, without being even more unsanitary than it already is. And one of the things that happens is if people come over, I mean, it either has to be people that I am welcoming into my home, in which case we hustle right past that section, or I don't let them in. Right. No, there's there's no halfway. You know what I mean? There's no people that, oh, well, just come in the entryway here and we'll chat. It's like, no, no, no. I step outside the house and shut the door behind me and talk to someone who I'm not welcoming into my home, or I welcome someone into my home. Uh, well, and we and we run towards the living room. What you could also do is put a closer on the door so the door is always closed. And yeah, we can't do that either. Oh, um, because it, Well, because there's so many litter boxes that they sort of oh. spill out into the... Yeah, it's not, you know... <laughs> Do you get a lot of like architecture magazines or, you know, go online and look at a lot of beautiful layouts? Because you're not going to find my house in there. (laughs) Okay. So you said that the door represents your mouth. The front door represents your mouth. Um, I hate to think what the back door represents. Uh, Are there there other things in a a house that are symbolic? Well... Just to clarify, all so doors in general general represent the mouth. They also oh. represent portals, of, you know, places where energy can go through. That's why, um, like in many cultures, doors are really important. Like for in Jewish culture, there's the mezuzah. Like um, yeah. doors are very important because that's where energy comes through. And so the one your front door is the most important, and we call it the mouth of chi. Chi is energy, so it's a it's where the most energy comes into your space. So it's kind of like the most important door. But yes, there's other things like I mentioned, like the bed, desk, and stove. But also, for instance, you were talking about your dogs mm-hmm. and the windows. The windows mm-hmm. represent your eyes. Oh, my oh. gosh. They've been getting dog <laughs> schmutz all over my eyes. Well, if you have, for instance... I think that's um, pretty accurate. It's really good to clean your windows because it helps you to clarify your view and be able to see things clearly without your own perceptions. And also on a very mundane level, it brings in more light. It brings in more clarity. Um, oh, I and, should do that. That's good, good to know. Yeah, yeah, and people with, you know, some people who are like hoarders, they have like a lot of stuff blocking the windows. That can lead to eye problems. Or when the windows can't open well, that can mean maybe eye problems. And oh, wow. the wind, the windows also represent the mouth of the children. So you also want to make sure that the children are be able, children are able to speak freely too. So you want to make sure that that the windows are in good repair, that they're easy to open, that they're very um, clean. Huh. All right. I I, got, I definitely got to clean my window. Uh, is there anything about the tra- the tracks where the windows slide having dead flies in them? Is that bad? <laughs> yeah, that's. That's kind of like the dusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like thinking about, it's like, so what that can represent, it's maybe there's, so that that's like the lower part of your eye. There's just some part of how you're seeing the world that you're not 
that you can do better at like clarifying? So, you know, I've lost vision in the lower part of my eyes. Do you for think real? that's because, yeah. <laughs> Clean your windows, Paula. No, for real? Are you just yes. saying, you're just, you're no, pulling my No, no, for real, for real, yeah. Oh, So well. do you think that, you know, here I am going to an eye doctor and, you know, managing that part of my health. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think the whole thing could have been solved by vacuuming out the tracks of the windows? No, I don't oh. think that it's a, a medical thing, but I think that they're connected. Wow, damn it, that's why I hate those Logie flies. <laughs> That's what's doing it, Paula. Yeah, you'd you'd Logie, see 20% better. It's fly season. It's, yeah, and, yeah. and they're all, they're all Be, over Between the flies and the dog nose smudges, it's a wonder you can see it all. <laughs> <laughs> if I were to feng shui my whole house, would that mean that I had to get rid of the wooden monkey hanging from the, 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 the lamp cord in my kitchen? What, why do you have a wooden monkey hanging from the lamp cord I, so, in the kitchen? <laughs> So the cats can't break it? Oh, um, no, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> uh, there's so much to think about here. There's uh, for so much one to thing, process. I'm going to put my litter boxes in the front yard and just open my front door. You uh, might want to. Yeah, that's one, <laughs> that's one approach. Um, in your front yard? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Because I want to keep even more people away, if, if that's possible. Oh. All right. Well, thanks, Angie. And thanks to you, we have a better sense of how to design our homes to achieve a more harmonious life. And now we're going to take your good information and run it through the old Pounstonator. Paula? Hey, Aiden. Thanks so much for your music tonight. If, if I can get a little background music, I, I, I'll tell you what the, what the Pounstonator spits out. Perfect. It hasn't been a time of luck or great energy, which may well be because I haven't been mindful enough of my spaces and how I'm connected to my environment. In fairness, I can't always see my space because I've lost vision from having dead big Logie flies in my windowsills. I was gonna put a picture of Brian Cranston in front of my treadmill so that if I did turn it on, I'd be walking, my energy would be moving towards Brian Cranston, towards having Brian Cranston on our podcast. But you know what? Fuck that. I think what I really need is to pay someone to sneak a Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone logo onto the front of Brian Cranston's treadmill. If my stove really represented my wealth, I'd be cooking over a sterno can right now. And I'm not sure there's a lot I can do feng shui-wise in this house. What I'd really like to do is to walk right out of my big mouth, a.k.a. my front door, and into a Winnebago. I'll park in a cul-de-sac, and the bad luck will go right past me. She is an architect, feng shui educator, and author of Holistic Spaces, 108 Ways to Create a Mindful and Peaceful Home, soon to have 109, thanks to Paula Poundstone. Thank you so much for being on our show, Angie Cho. Thank you thanks, so much Angie. for having thanks, me. Thanks, Angie. Thank you. You're great. Wonderful. Thanks very much. Thank you. You're welcome. Coming up, we interview Charity Buzz winner Shannon Polly to see if she's the right fit to replace our departed intern, Doug. That's coming up right after this.
Hey, listener, it's Zach Harper, Amin Al-Hassan, and Anthony Mays of Cinephobe. You may be asking yourself, what is Cinephobe? Amin, would you like to fill in the people? Cinephobe is the podcast where Zach and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and try to ascertain... Oh, we're trying to well. ascertain? Yes. Okay. Ascertain. Whether or not they're accurately poorly rated, or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. Cinephobe, produced by this guy, Anthony Mays. Hey, that's me. I produced this show. I also watched the movies, even though that wasn't included in the description, and I also ascertain. <laughs> This month is... Wow! Oh, Maze, why'd you say that? Supercharge it. <laughs> so that this promo can remain evergreen. I feel like explaining a little bit more. In 60 seconds? I don't know. Maybe I don't bring attention to it. Assuring people like, look, if you listen, you're going to get it. Just give it, give it time. That's a good promo. Just listen to it. Give it time. You'll figure it out. Is this the promo right now? Isn't it? Okay, I think we got it. Cinefo. Wherever you get podcasts. <laughs> The spread of misinformation has fueled our cultural divide and increased our collective anxiety about the future. Tackling misinformation isn't a simple task, but it's important. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that's dismantling new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. On the show, a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic walk into a bar, and the bartender says, no, 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 it's not that old joke. They dive deep into current events, such as RFK Jr.'s involvement in mainstreaming dangerous anti-vax rhetoric. Urgh. They crowdsource, research, analyze, and dream up answers to the problem with, get this, proven science as their ultimate guiding light. I highly recommend you check out Conspirituality's fascinating episodes on creating comedy in the MAGAverse with Jordan Klepper or RFK Jr. flirting with body fascism. And you've listened to a bunch of them at this point, Paul, I know, and you tell me you love it. I, I do. They're, they're fascinating. And my favorite part is they use, wait for it, proven science. Science? And, and if, if there's any kids listening, that's a class we used to take. Proven yep. science as their ultimate guiding light. I love that. From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed about misinformation and help you resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fun fact, a single can of Mountain Dew can completely dissolve a mouse. But sadly, according to a lot of teen mice, it's like totally worth the risk, dude. We now join the French Trump Weekly Friday Press Conference in progress. Next question. Next question. Mr. President. Mr. President. Mr. President. Mr. President. Mr. President. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. President. Tony Romo with ABC News. Mr. President. Tony, I would like to have a slice of your pizza right about now, Tony. Thank you, Mr. President. The entire country has been humiliated by your performance in Tuesday night's debate. Did you prepare for it at all? I did. I prepared very strongly for the debate, Tony. That's why I won. There's a lesson there for America's children. 
Don't let yourselves be indoctrinated and always prepare. Tony, do you want me to demonstrate how I prepared? If you would like to, sir, but it's not necessary. It's necessary to stop the communists that control your Baden. It is, Tony. So you start talking. I'll show you. Mr. President, I really don't think it's appropriate blah, blah, at this blah, time. Blah, blah, this blah, is a blah, press blah. conference, I can sir. Say there are other I reporters that have questions Christmas, as well, sir. Please, sir, let's move on. This, and this, this really is the a time. communist who eats mal mix every day. Mal, 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 mal. Communist, ask for it by name. Next question. we're back. Paula, I understand that our vocabulary contest is still going strong. It is. And just to remind people, the first listener to make a complete list of the vocabulary words we used in episode 109 wins a Zoom call with up to 100 of your friends and me and Adam. Wow. You don't have to go out and make new friends, by the way. However many can make it, up to 100, Adam and I are excited to meet you and yours. Now, Tony Anita Hall posts the complete list of vocabulary words from all of our shows on Facebook. So get out a pencil, which is a stick with a gray point, and a piece of paper, and listen carefully to episode 109. Win the prize, invite your friends, and get your Hawaiian chips ready. Wow. All right. Well, now, Paula, you generously donated a chance to be on our show to the ACLU of Southern California to auction off on Charity Buzz. And uh, I, as you probably know, Paula, we're happy to have the winner here with us tonight and very happy that she supported the ACLU. Yes, we desperately need the ACLU right now. So, you know, one time I, I one time I did a benefit for the ACLU in a place called Park Station, I believe it was, uh, Texas, which is supposed to be like the, you know, the most conservative of the conservative and uh uh, my job that night, this is years ago, but my job that night was to entertain these ACLU workers. I, I never seen a more unhappy <laughs> group of people <laughs> in my life because they just, you know, they were rolling a big boulder up a hill every day mm-hmm. in their work. And and I don't think that um, that mountain has gotten any flatter. Uh, oh, it, you know, during it, the Trump years? <laughs> right, exactly. So, yeah. uh, so, so, thanks so much to everyone uh, at the ACLU and those supporting it, and uh, and well, and I'm so glad that we have our, our, our you know, our guest with us. Yeah, um, we're going to uh, introduce her in just a second. I, I do want to point out that the winner of this auction received not only a chance to be in the show, but also to apply for the tragically open position of uh, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone intern. <laughs> oh, boy. Does she know, Adam, about what... Uh, uh, well, what... we can ask her just a minute, Paula, but you came up with the methodology for conducting this interview, didn't you? I did. Uh, when, when people in the 19th century applied to work for Thomas Edison, he would give them a very snooty test, really, with with, you know, factual questions that... It was hard to see how knowing the answer to that question had anything to do with the job that they were there to do for Thomas Edison. So, mm-hmm. uh, but they were very, they were very difficult questions. So I figure what we'll do is give our winner 
Edison's questions to answer and then give her our questions, which may not be as hard. Well, that sounds like a plan to me. So let's meet our winner, Shannon Polly has a degree in positive psychology and does scientific... I didn't even know there was such a thing as positive psychology. Oh, yeah. It's much better negative psychology, which is just <laughs> yeah. basically telling your patient you suck. Yeah. Um, um. But she also does scientific research on happiness. She teaches resilience to a wide array of people from army sergeants to tech companies. She is also an executive coach. She coaches executives. Please welcome Shannon Polly. Hey, Shannon. <laughs> Shannon, welcome. Congratulations on your auction win. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm so glad you're here. Wait, before you know, Shannon, I wrote a book called The Totally Unscientific Study of the Search for Human Happiness. And here you are doing scientific research on happiness, which is the opposite of what I did. Um, how do you do scientific research on happiness? Well, I, I am a practitioner, so I try to teach people how to be happier. And I did listen to your book. It's, it's amazing how similar some of your experiments were to um, some of the scientific you know, research that I cite in, uh, in workshops. So, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, so I, I suddenly I'm elevated. <laughs> um, uh, well, unfortunately, you know, I have I, been repeatedly telling people about my book saying that during this difficult time, it is a bit of a bomb, you know, it's B-A-L-M, um, it, you know, uh, uh, it could be a helpful little lift to them to read such a book. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, I do have a whole chapter on hugging, um, <laughs> which, you know, is kind of verboten now. Right. Um, not not with people that, you know, in your own home, but... In your I, pod. You know, I, I was talking about hugging strangers. Right. Oh. And, uh, yeah. And uh, I did an experiment where um, I hugged a lot of people that I didn't know. And uh, and by the way, it felt good. Um, All right. And then yeah. those people are still alive because you did that before the pandemic. <laughs> it was pre it was pre pandemic. So I don't Great. advise it at this time. But as soon as we as soon as we eliminate the, the virus, we have that to look forward to. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Now, Shannon, um, before we start the interview. OK. Um, you have listened to our show once or twice. Yes. Okay, are you familiar with the horrible tragedy of our intern, Doug? No, no, what happened? Oh, oh. well, we weren't either right away. Okay. No, we weren't. Uh, and there are some people who say that we, we just made this all up and, and to attract listeners and turn this into a true crime podcast, which is the furthest thing from the truth. The, the fact the is, is that- the sort of thing we would do. We would never do that. We just never mentioned Doug on the show until he was just brutally murdered, sadly. Um, but Doug was our intern, and he was found dead, and we're still, you know, we're under investigation. But we do need another intern. Okay. <laughs> Shannon, are you near a door? Because this is an opportunity. This is opportunity energy coming your way right now. I, I am. I am. I'm, I'm feeling it. What, what exactly does the intern do? Um, Jeez, you know what? We ask the questions around here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, the intern we, does a lot. The intern is definitely not just a plot device to get us listeners. There's a job no, involved. The, the, okay. inter, the intern is integral to the show. We absolutely. Found out. So, Paula, um, you want to? You want to? Yeah. Okay. So we've got some questions for you to answer. Uh, let me just start with some questions that Thomas Edison used to ask his job applicants over a hundred years ago. Uh, here are just a few of those questions. 
Um, this is this is question number nine in Thomas Edison's uh, questions. Is Australia greater than Greenland in area? Um, I'm gonna say no. You know, I realize I don't know the answer to the question myself. Here's number 16. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. Paula, you didn't look these up? No, I, I don't work for Edison. Where do we get prunes from? Prunes. Um, they are dr- uh, dried plums. Yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah, I, I think, think too. So. I think that's, who, that's my feeling. Who, who invented logarithms? No idea. I think it was Abraham Lincoln. He was raised in a <laughs> logarithm cabin. It's a log cabin, but okay. Oh, was it? Oh, my mistake. Um, all right. I think that. Uh, oh, here's another one. Where do we get our domestic sardines? I'd say in our homes. <laughs> um. But you, but Paula, you didn't let let our uh, interviewee answer that question. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, uh, definitely the grocery store, for one. Yeah, okay. this one really stumped Doug. Um, <laughs> no, this is number 82. Number 82 in Thomas Edison's uh, em- employment questions. Uh, why is cast iron called pig iron? I don't know. That's a good question. Me neither. I didn't, I didn't even know it was called pig iron. Sorry, Mr. Edison, I guess I won't be working for you. Um, All right, here's number 93. What is the weight of air in a room 20 by 30 by 10? Oh, you should know this, Shannon. (laughs) Um, The weight of air uh, would be weightless. Sure. Okay. Fine. And now, uh, now, now, Paula, I, I want to pause now that we finish the the Edison portion of the quiz. Yeah, I got bad um, news for you, Shannon. Neither you nor I are working for Thomas Edison. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, I'm not quite sure why we're asking Shannon the questions to which you do not know the answer. I just wanted to see if she uh-huh. did. Okay. All right. Okay, I just wanted fine. to see if she was going to be headhunted from us. Okay. Uh, by by a time traveling Thomas Edison. Oh, well, that's uh, okay. a reasonable fear. So I, now I understand. Thank you. Oh yeah, I feel like I'm time traveling all the time lately. Okay, so here's our own questions. I just wanted to show you, Shannon. I just wanted to show. I I just wanted you to contrast our questions with Thomas Edison's questions. In the book Stuart Little, when Stuart Little was a substitute teacher, he asked his students if they knew what the important things were. What correct answer did student Henry Rackmeyer submit, and what did student Mary Bendix add? Wow. Um, tapping into Stuart Little. You know, I don't know. I haven't read that in a long time. You know, we're not hiring anyone who knows the answer to this question. So that <laughs> you just. Very specific question. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's uh, the, uh, Henry. Rackmeyer answered, a shaft of sunlight at the end of a dark afternoon, a note in music, and the way the back of a baby's neck smells if its mother has kept it tidy. And uh, Mary Bendix added, he forgot ice cream with chocolate sauce on it. And I think those students nailed it. Okay. All right, Shannon, here's yeah, another question Again, that would have been super, almost creepy if, if, if uh, <laughs> Shannon had known that. Shanna, did you read Stuart Little? Um, I saw the movie. I don't. There you go. I like that oh. movie. 
Oh, jeez. You know what? Uh, you better do well on these other... I, I saw the movie? That's your answer to did you read Stuart Little? You got to read the book. The I book's know. great. I know. All right. All right. Here we go. It's not too late, Shannon. And it's actually a really good book to read <laughs> Shannon, during if you this don't, time. Yeah, absolutely. But Shannon, if you don't do better, you might not get a non-paid job whose last <laughs> occupant was murdered. So, you know... All right. Now you're on the edge of your seat. Now you've got, now your stomach is churning. That's right. Here we go. Focus. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, Shannon, what words are in the preface to Dr. Seuss's one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish? Uh, Sam, I am. Just, oh, Shannon, oh, yeah, you, you, don't, you don't have kids, do you? Do you have kids? I, I, right. I do, I do. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. but uh, but they're mostly into science. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, you were so close, Shannon, I'm going to give it to you. The okay. answer was, uh, from there to here, from here to there, oh, funny things are everywhere. Um, but you were so close. In and fact, besides, she, she repeated it alongside you as you as you got into it. So Shannon really did know that one. Yeah. Besides, I don't think anyone else wants to be our intern. So I'm trying to really lowball these. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let's let's just take a different tact here. Um, who does the Lincoln Monument honor? Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> nice. Wow. Oh boy. Yeah. That's because you live in D.C. That you were able. That's you, right. You pulled that one out of the bag. All right. Uh, how do you get Bonnie Burns not to make noise during the taping? You need to give her a fidget toy. No, the, oh. No, she had one one time and was making noise with it. The answer is, the, the answer is you can't. Uh, that's, it was a trick question. Wait, wait, wait. Does Shannon know about a fidget, the fidget? Oh, for God's sakes. Not now the- she's going to tell you about her nephew who makes <laughs> fidget don't. toys. No, I don't, but I, I, oh. I love them. I use them. No, no, oh, no. never mind. Did- okay. Well, just, don't sound interested, yourself. Shannon. Okay, That's like mind. inviting a vampire yeah. into no, your it's room. Okay. Forget it. <laughs> now, I can't. She's, I- she's going to. Now there's no, just. She's going to. Never mind. This is like Trump in the White House. No, never mind. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> okay. Shannon, you're doing great. All right, Shannon. Shannon, you are so close to being our our intern. Um, Shannon, what's the secret to happiness? The secret to happiness, uh, as summed up by Dr. Chris Peterson, you cannot reach the highest levels of happiness without having close connections to other people. So he summed it up by saying, other people matter. It's all about other people. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Shannon, are you working during the pandemic? I am, actually. Yeah. I'm- You're helping people be happy during the pandemic? Jeez. You, it, it, I, I would think that you'd get some sort of a bonus if it works. <laughs> for, for sure. Yeah. I think, well, I think, uh, you know, workers are working more now because they're not commuting. They're working from home. So they're working an average of two, two to four hours more a day. Wow. So they definitely need some, some resiliency. And yes. uh, I think, you know, humor is a good start. That's why your yeah, podcast helps. and the book, I've been watching like Netflix comedy specials as a positive intervention, as we call it. So, oh, that's, it, that's you know, it is smart. good. But, you know, I'll tell you the thing about um, the thing about our podcast for me 
has been, um, and it is a really uplifting part of my week, um, because, you know, I, I get to talk to these guys, and uh, we genuinely, Bonnie Burns had me laughing so hard earlier, talking about a <laughs> nose, Frida, that I cried. Um, yeah, now, now, why isn't why wasn't that a question in Shannon's interview? Shannon, do you oh, know what a nose Frida is? Um, no, I don't. Well, you're better off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, Shannon, I'm going to give you some of the sagest advice you've probably ever received in your life. Okay. Don't Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, um, while while um, while we were talking just now, I ran this through our computer, Paula. And uh, do you want to give Shannon the news about the results of this interview? Oh, Shannon, you've got the job. You've got the job, Shannon. Really? It, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. You're, you, you're, you're the new intern. Uh, and nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. It's 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 light. It's like sixty to eighty hours a week, and it's um, it's it's a it's a great job. Um, the, you know, good news is you're going to be better at it than Doug was. Well, I got to give you some more advice, Shannon. Which is, if you see a copy of Adam's book, Schrodinger's Ball, coming near your head, move. Um. Because that may have been the murder weapon uh, in, in Doug's crime. Uh, now, I'm hoping that Charity Buzz, um, where you bid to support the ACLU, uh, I'm hoping that they told you that you would have the opportunity to be an intern for our show by by your winning bid. Did they mention that? They didn't. This This is just an added bonus. Yeah, it's just a bonus. I mean, it's not a negotiable thing. I mean, once you get the job, you got the job. Um, oh, you've so got Shannon, the job. Welcome yeah. aboard. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we have like onboarding or, you know, benefits. Uh, look, we'll, we'll let you know all about the benefit. Tony Anita Hall will talk to you offline about our extensive benefit package. Okay. Would she say benefits? Did she yeah. say benefits? <laughs> she did. She did. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah, there's benefits. I'm sure of it. Um, uh, Just yeah. ask Doug. Oh. Yeah, we paid for his whole burial, so you got that. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon, oh, well. I want to thank you so much for being with us, and of course, we'll be in touch. Uh, you know, now that you're our intern, uh, thank you. and there's filing to do. Surely, there's filing to do, and there's you live a lot in, of filing. You live in D.C., so um, unlike Pompeo's aides, you're not going to be able to bring me lunch, I guess. Or do my dry cleaning, but um, yeah, we'll we'll be in touch. We'll be in touch, Shannon Polly. Thank you so much for uh, coming on this show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And enjoy the internship. Thanks, Shannon. <laughs> All right, hey. Adam. Yeah. Uh, uh. Adam, is it time to talk about my merchandise? Yeah, Paula. You know what? Now, now that we've said goodbye to to Shannon, um, I think this would be merchandise time. Oh my gosh! You know what? I'm already so dependent on her. Now that she's our intern, Shannon, could you come in here? She, she left, Paula. She'll be back Shannon. later. Paula, Shannon, she's not line here one, anymore. please. Shannon, line one. Shannon, um, Adam. The Poundstone Pussy Pillows that we have spoken of so often are available at paulapoundstone.com. For those who don't know, they are 
four and a half inch by five inch pillows stuffed with pungent catnip. They have a grommet for attaching a string. They have a cat joke printed on one side and on the other side, I'm happy to autograph it to your cat. There's a blank in, on the online order form to fill in your cat's name. And by the way, content junkies, every Thursday you can find a new episode of Nobody Asked You starring Paula Poundstone on Facebook and YouTube. It's a goofy little game show that aspires to lift the spirits of its viewers during this emotional pustule that is the year 2020. We tape right from my living room, so you might get a little contact shway. Yeah, that that's really very shway. I've watched the show. I'm a I'm a viewer, and I, I recommend it. It has lifted my happiness levels, much like Shannon has. And by the way, speaking of lifting your ha- happiness levels, um, the baseball playoffs are here. And if you want to tune in to, to mine and Jeff Cesario's Starburn Sports Simulcast, well, the schedule has changed a little bit. It's no longer uh, every Sunday, but just check my Twitter feed, at Adam Felber, or go to starburnsports.com for which games you can tune into us with. Has it been posted on your Twitter feed yet? Uh, it, by the time people hear this, it will have been posted on my Twitter feed. Shannon, and could I- you come in here a minute? Shannon? <laughs> <laughs> Shannon, line one, please. Adam needs his Twitter feed posted with the baseball game time. Thank you, Shannon. <laughs> Thank you. Wonderful job. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to enter our theme song contest, send your song to us at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. You can send us comments and anything else there, too. That's nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And that's our show. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam the Felber. Special wait thanks a minute, to our. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know what people can't send us at paulapoundstone.com? A cake. No. They, they, what? Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. They, they can't send us their bullshit. Okay? So just okay. don't send us any bullshit. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, everybody. Us, so You can enter the theme song contest. Uh, you can send your song to Nobody Listens to Paula at Paula Poundstone. No, what is it? Nobody Listens to Paula, Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. That would be sure. great. But don't send yeah. us your bullshit. Yeah, although your bullshit can be very helpful for our mailbag segment, can't it, Paula? You can send us your comments, that's fine, but don't send us your bullshit. Okay, take that for whatever it is, everybody. Um, Now, special thanks to our guest, Angie Cho, and thanks to our house band, Aiden McDonald. Thank you so much. You can find her online at harpmuse.com. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Mixing by Michael Hoagie. Starburns production by Land Romo. Thanks once again to our former intern, Doug. You are irreplaceable, but you've just been replaced. Transcription <laughs> services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Shannon, could you come in here for a minute? Shannon? Hey, hey Shannon, this I don't know whether this toenail is ingrown or just kind of hanging off a little bit, but I need some help here. <laughs> Shannon, uh, can, I, I ran out of uh, uh, litter box liners, the Johnny Cat litter box liners. Could you just look in? Could you... 
could you see if maybe they'd want to sponsor the show? Wow. It's, it's amazing how quickly you take advantage of that. Yeah, she's, she's so far, she's doing great, and she's so much more alive than Doug is. I, think, I mean, that's one of the biggest recommendations, I think. That's a big difference between her and Doug. <laughs> Shannon, I'm a little thirsty. Shannon? <laughs> Shannon, if you have any suggestions for our show, you can put them right in this suggestion box, and that's fine. I don't mind suggestions, but I'll tell you what. Don't put any bullshit in there. I, don't bring your bullshit, Shannon. No, ever since I moved my bed, I've really been, like, more forceful taking care of myself, and so I say stuff like that. I don't want any of your bullshit. <laughs> Welcome, Shannon. Thank you. Thank you, Shannon. That, that'll be all. <laughs> a podcast network.